0: Hello, I'm Eric Chabro of Information Security Media Group, and I'm pleased to be speaking with one of the nation's foremost IT security authorities, Gene Spafford, who's Executive Director of Purdue University's Center for Education and Research in Information Assurance and Security. Welcome, Gene. Uh, Thank you. Just this year, hackers, believed backed by a foreign government, likely stole 24,000 files related to U.S. military weapon systems. Hackers broke into the IT systems that security provider RSA and entertainment company Sony, so-called hacktivist groups, Anonymous and LulzSec claim hacks of government and business sites. Is the IT security landscape as rocky as it seems? Are government, businesses, and individuals in more danger online than ever before?
1: It's difficult to say if the danger is greater now because so many things change so quickly. But it is true that the landscape is, as you say, rocky. Uh, systems are not protected consistently, as they should be, and there are a number of elements who are interested in getting into those systems. The environment is not a safe one.
0: This is especially true, I guess, at least the perception is to consumers. And in May, you testified before the House Subcommittee on Commerce, Manufacturing, and Trade on the Threat of Data Theft of American Citizens. We're speaking in late July, and the House Subcommittee just approved a version of a breach notification bill known as the Safe Data Act that would supersede 47 state breach notification laws. What are your thoughts generally about the bill?
1: The bill has a number of elements uh, to it that are found in terms of requiring reporting of information and setting some protection standards for information. The testimony I provided was on behalf of USACM, U.S. Public Policy Council of ACM, we as a group had produced a list of 24 privacy principles that we hope to see addressed more explicitly in the legislation, although they weren't. But there are some things in the legislation that, that are positive moving forward. It, it's not clear at the moment whether or not it will get all the way through Congress on unscathed. It does allow the FTC some flexibility in setting rules and investigations. Superseding state laws is probably a good thing for businesses in particular, because they are able to have a single consistent set of standards to apply for business everywhere in the United States, although it may not allow states to be a little more proactive and move more quickly if threats occur. It's a complex situation, but it is progress forward, although the Congress has passed similar bills several times in the previous years, and they either died on the floor of the House or never made it into the agenda of the Senate.
0: You follow Congress. The atmosphere seems a bit different this year than in the, at least the past two years or past couple of Congresses, although there isn't much to show for cybersecurity legislation in the past uh, several Congresses.
1: The big issue with Congress is how really divided, not by political parties, but by committees, that Committees have oversight responsibility for certain agencies and areas of the law, and the committees have a certain level of power and seniority based on how much they cover, and they very jealously guard their turf. When bills are introduced, they have to go to the appropriate committee, and if they touch on other areas, very often they are not considered or they're, or they're cut up. And this is why we've seen a lot of the fragmentation in cybersecurity is because it touches so many agencies. It touches... Law enforcement, DHS, defense, intelligence, commerce, privacy issues, law enforcement issues, all kinds of things. Each one of these committees wants to have jurisdiction of some kind over anything that's done in cybersecurity, and and this crosses party lines and has been an impediment previous years. This year, because the problem has gotten worse over the last few years, and it has also become more of an administration priority and something that consumers are more concerned with. I think there's been greater focus by the leadership in both of the houses of Congress to try to get the members to to pull together. And that's why we've seen a little bit more progress, but there's still more than two dozen bills on cybersecurity and privacy that are um, wending their way through through various places in Congress.
0: What would you like to see come out of Congress? What what can Congress really do that will help uh, IT security, both in government and in the private sector?
1: At this point, it's a little difficult to say exactly what should be done legislatively. There's a danger that if too much gets enacted in legislative language, it won't be flexible enough to deal with future issues. But some of the key points that really should be addressed, first of all, Breach notification and setting minimum standards for personal information really is an important issue. Uh, I'd like to see that extended to to, uh, all government agencies as well as to commercial and private entities. We need to have some more priority and funding given to law enforcement to follow up on issues, misuse of information, breaches, and very possibly negligence as well. And this is more than simply the investigative aspect of law enforcement, but also the prosecution of follow-through. That's important. A third issue is not so much as a guidance or penalty, but... Providing a little bit more direction and education on good practices. UNISP has done a a good job of setting some standards, but they're very technical and detailed and don't translate well for the general public and for small businesses. Having some kind of effort to push cybersecurity education and assistance out from a central, not from a central uh, location, out of Washington, but to enable that to spring up around the country would really be important. The model that I've seen discussed in at least one bill is modeled after the agricultural extension offices that are available in many counties, states around the country. Um, Having a cybersecurity extension service where people could go to get advice on how to protect their systems, how to deal with privacy breaches or break-ins would be very valuable. I'd like to move it in that direction, but I don't think we will.
0: I'm just uh, curious about that. Would this be an agricultural extension equivalent where would it wouldn't necessarily be geographically based, but based on what how people are using computing?
1: It would probably be a combination of both of those. Uh, there are some locations, some areas of the country, for instance, where an actual physical presence isn't going to make sense. Uh, but having a local presence where people know that they're talking to someone uh, nearby in a, in a sense of, Somebody at the state level or the local level um, might make general consumers a little bit more likely to be involved. But it, it does have a physical component in that if someone's PC, desktop, computer, or laptop has a problem, it would certainly be helpful if they can bring it in to have the problem identified and get some ideas on how to solve it. Similar to with uh, an ag- extension office now, if I discover an odd weed or an unusual bug in the garden, I can take it into the extension agency, and they will identify it and give me some suggestions on how to control it or whether or not it's a problem. Right now, we have so many people who are falling victim to botnets, viruses, identity theft, and they don't really know where to turn. The government has some resources, but they're all available in a centralized location. They aren't well-tailored. They aren't always presented so people can understand them well, and people may not even know where to go for them. We need to do a better job there about pushing education and assistance out to the local.
0: Are, are you concerned at all with the uh, fiscal crisis this nation is facing that the federal government won't have sufficient funds to do what it should do as it, as it relates to IT security, let alone local and state governments that are in, in more dire straits?
1: Well, the economic situation affects lots of things, and cybersecurity direct funding is certainly part of that, but it also affects many indirect issues having to do with definitely have indirect impacts on security and privacy. It's not simply the debt. It's the combination of how much is owed, where the priorities are for either putting new money or cutting money, and the disagreements over how to proceed it all have a negative impact. I should also add that another issue here is it's not simply a U.S. issue, but there are economic problems worldwide. What we're seeing going on in Europe, for instance, with several countries having – significant financial problems are also affecting what they're going to be doing with security. When we talk about IT security, we have international corporations that are holding data that have important business functions, and we also have Internet connectivity that means what goes on in another country, such as over in India or in Greece, really is somewhat Internet local to what's going on in Boston or, or Dallas or Los Angeles.
0: Do you see anything that gives you hope? As it, as it comes to uh, IT security or privacy rights online,
1: the increasing level of awareness we have certainly helps. For a long time, we haven't had enough people concerned to put pressure on government and business to try to improve privacy and try to improve security. That are seeing increasing concern paid here indicates that there is increasing public awareness and concern over the problems. That's a good sign. So long as what is done is effective. I'm also encouraged that several companies, some startups and some long-established, are concerned with privacy and talking about it in their offerings. For instance, some of the privacy-supporting features in Google Plus are promising. That's not to say that information entrusted to Google in general has the best privacy pr- protections, but they're showing concern for it. That's
0: a good thing. Thank you, Gene. Uh, thank you, Eric. I've been speaking with Gene Spafford of Purdue University for Information Security Media Group. I'm Eric Chavreau. Thanks for listening.